0: Hello everybody. I'm Sean Reynolds from Sportsnet about to be joined by Ken Weeb from the Winnipeg Free Press after wasting a full minute of your time trying to find out this trying to figure out this microphone right here. I finally figured it out. Thank you very much for those in the chat room who pointed it out. I, Hey, I'm a slow learner. A minute is all it took for me to figure this out. Give me credit. Pat. Hey, I don't often pat myself on the back on this show, but I'm going to do it right now because technologically, I mean, who needs to hire a tech guy? when I can figure out something like my mic is muted within a minute. It's, I mean, I'm impressed by myself right now. As impressed as I am with the Winnipeg Jets, now 34 straight games, not allowing three or more goals. uh, uh, Sorry, more than three goals. uh, Crazy heater of allowing just two goals. It's another game like that. Um, For This is a great game for the, you know, found a way crowd, you know, doesn't matter. The result is all that matters, all that kind of stuff. I am clearly not a person who is a subscriber uh, of that philosophy. Uh, I think I've made that clear on the show. Um, a long time. Why? Because I like to take the abuse from the audience who get mad when I don't hold up wins every win and call it perfect. And wow, how gutsy is this team and all that kind of stuff. Clearly, I like to take abuse. Look at the hat I'm wearing. Who would wear a hat like this after a performance like the Dallas Cowboys? It's the, it hasn't even been a week since they absolutely laid an embarrassing egg. But hey, Ren, he's no no stranger to embarrassing himself. So let's just do that and we'll move on with it. We'll figure this out. Jets didn't embarrass themselves tonight. Not by any means. Um, But I will not hold up this game as a reason to celebrate uh, the the Winnipeg Jets and and, and, uh, uh, this being like them finding a way to win. To me, this is us. okay, let's talk about where the Winnipeg Jets have been and where they are right now. Before Christmas, the Winnipeg Jets went and they played a number of teams like the Boston Bruins, like the Colorado Avalanche twice. They showed up in those games and they laid a beat down on those teams, right? Think of how everybody felt after that Boston Bruins game when people were thinking, my, oh my, is this team good? I can't remember if that was the game or not that like a lot of the national media kind of turned their eyes in this direction and paid attention or not. But for them to do that to a Boston Bruins team like that, it was impressive, right? That's what we're seeing back then if we rewind to the beginning of the year when the Winnipeg Jets kind of stumbled out of the gates a little bit if you remember and if you were watching this show, and if you're new to the show, welcome go back and watch our shows from the beginning of the year, because I think our analysis holds up at every point throughout the year and at the beginning of the year, when they were losing games, I was saying. Yeah, but I I like what I see from this team right now. I think that they keep doing what they're doing and it's going to turn into wins, right? So that's a team that didn't quite have what it took and it didn't take long. Let's not, you know, beat beat them over the head because of that. But a team that, you know, just hadn't figured out quite to put themselves over the edge. They've clearly figured out how to put themselves over the edge now. I liked what I saw with those games because they were playing the game the right way. Now, I won't say the Jets aren't playing the game the right way. Let's talk about what they're doing well, what they're doing right, and what they're maybe not doing right. So what they're doing right is they fall back into this defensive structure and tonight is another night that they do that I know they allow a lot of shots but I take a look at this and I don't think it looks like a fire drill very often on the ice for the Winnipeg Jets they're not running around there are some chances inside uh but to me this this is a I mean I I know at one point when they were doing a pack on how well Connor Hellebuck was playing there was three or four shots in that pack one of them was like a spin around from the high slot that they were talking about you know him shutting the door and a lot of these if I'm a coach and I'm taking a look at the pack that the broadcast is showing to say he's been under duress tonight. I think a lot of the coaches are looking at that pack and saying, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the team at what with our team, with what they're giving up in this moment. I think they're doing a good job with it. Carolyn Cameron who uh, did the hosting tonight, talked about Connor Hellbuck and the numbers he's put up, talked to Rick bonus about it. Rick bonus made sure in that comment to give the Winnipeg jets team their flowers, for what they've been doing in this situation and the role that they play in what we're seeing from Connor Hellebuck and Lauren Bressois. I think we see a little bit of that more tonight. I think Greg Millen hit it absolutely on the head when he talked about the Winnipeg Jets saying in this game, This is what the Jets are able to do. This, by the way, was Millsy's first game of the year. So for me, for him to pick it up as quick as he did, clearly he's going to have done his research heading into this game, uh, into things like this. But what he'd said was the Winnipeg Jets, they fall into their structure, they rely on their structure, and they wait. They wait for a team like the uh, like the Ottawa Senators to make a mistake. And, And that's exactly what we see happen, right? A flip pass from your own end and that results in a three on one is not something that you could expect to happen and continue to happen over and over again. But the jets do it. They score, they give up a later goal go into overtime and then you get an unbelievable display of skill by Nikolai Ehlers who scores to win the game. This is the second game this year, I believe. He's won in overtime with an absolutely sick individual effort. Do not give Nikolai Ehlers space on the ice. And it's so hard not to do it when you've got just three guys on the ice. But This, to me, is what the Winnipeg Jets do well and have done well down this stretch where they have really, if you think about it, been on an absolute heater of playing teams. At one point It was eight of nine teams that they'd played that were below the playoff line. That was a number of games ago. Well, since then, it's kind of the same thing. Ottawa struggling out east. Um, Excuse me. Chicago was a couple of games ago. Um, The only team that they've played who is over the playoff line for a significant stretch of time going back to the Tampa Bay Lightning is the Philadelphia Flyers, and they lose that game 2-1. And I know a lot of people love the push that the Winnipeg Jets had at the end of that game. My problem with that game is you're relying on getting a really good push in order to get back into that game. You're not playing the game the right way, and you're relying on a push. So I guess if I've got beef with this game, my issue with this game is the Winnipeg Jets went from before Christmas playing really good teams and beating those teams down and showing that they were dominant right and what the jets system the rick bonus system had become at some point it had gone from the jets being being you know giving themselves a chance to win every game by by playing that system and doing really well to becoming a team that looked almost impossible to beat if they played with that within that system. And despite the success that they've had over the last little while, I think the Jets have taken and receded that game back to a place where it gives them a chance to win every game. Now, they're winning a lot of those games, and let's not complain. Some people are going to say I'm being nitpicky, and maybe I am at the idea that the Winnipeg Jets – after leading the league and scoring, are still finding a way to win and they're saving their effort and they're going against a team like Audubon saying, yeah, we don't even need to try that hard and we're still going to win that game. And you know what? If I had seen this from a team, like let's say we're seeing this out of the Vegas Golden Knights right now, because... Listen, I'll be the first one to, to say right now, if you take a look around the league, teams like the New York Rangers, even a team like the L.A. Kings, a team like the Vegas Golden Knights, they're not playing that well right now. So you you can say, hey, the Winnipeg Jets are aren't at the top of their game and they're finding a way to win. Give them credit for that. This is me giving them credit for that. Acknowledge that. I give them credit for that. I also don't think I take a look at those other teams and think they're on the way out. I think those teams over the last number of years have realized it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, so they're okay with sagging at some point in the season. If this is the Winnipeg Jets sagging and they're doing so and still finding ways to win, then give them credit. Give them credit right now. If we look back on this time and say the Winnipeg Jets just keep winning and they kind of stopped trying for a little bit there in January, then give them credit that they were able to do that and then pick their pace back up, which I think is what we're going to see out of a number of the teams that I talked about. The Rangers, uh, Vegas Golden Knights, um, uh, the L.A. Kings. I believe that's what we're going to see out of those teams. My concern And people have been watching this show. And just so everybody knows, Ken is not in the green room yet. He just popped in, so I'll wrap this up quickly. Uh, uh, This is not me trying to, like, steal the stage or the buffet, although, boy, oh, boy, it sure does taste good. My concern is what we've seen from this Winnipeg Jets team, not last, not just last year, not just the year before, when they started the best start the Winnipeg Jets franchise had ever had, The problem we've seen in the past with the Winnipeg Jets is that when their game starts to slide, They have a hard time getting out of that when it's time to get out of that. And that can seep into their game. The Winnipeg Jets did not have as much effort as the uh, as the Ottawa Senators had tonight. The Winnipeg Jets just barely got by the Ottawa Senators in overtime. They just barely got by the uh, Chicago Blackhawks uh, with a late rally and a comeback. Um, they, they found their way. I didn't see the game, so I can't dig into it too much. Ken says it's the kind of game that I probably would have said similar things like this about a New York Islanders team that was, is struggling to the point that they had to just, they just replaced their coach. Um, but, uh, the Winnipeg Jets are finding a way to win what we need to see from this team is the idea that, okay, if this is just them having their midseason lull and they're still winning, this is great. But the Winnipeg Jets in years past have had the habit of turning a mid-season lull into a season-killing culture. I'm going to go right now and say I don't necessarily see that because what I see from this Winnipeg Jets team is at the very least, what they do is they fall back into their structure, and that means they're at least committed to something. They're not letting it all go. But the Winnipeg Jets push has not been there. And maybe it's because they've had this streak of teams that are below the playoff line and aren't the best teams and they can get away with it. Or maybe they're getting away with it because of that. To me, that's the question. I'd love to hear Ken Weeb's take on the whole thing. So why don't we bring him in the man with the best music in the business? Here comes Kenny. And my man, that tie, that suit, putting that together i know hey listen you are a man of style and taste but you don't have the style and taste to be able to pull that off that looks like a vittorio rossi look to me you look like a million bucks my friend the tie on that tie i'm wondering if before you hopped on the plane yesterday i can envision you running down to vittorio rossi on Corden, having frankie tie that tie for you before you ran and hopped on the plane and you slept in that suit last night to pull it off oh, so, buddy Bold move on your part great but hey if you want to look like kenny learn how to tie a tie like Kenny, Frankie and the boys down at Vittorio Rossi, they're the ones you want to go see. Go give them a call, go give them a visit, tell them Kenny and Randy sent you, uh, and moving on. Ken, what would you see from that game, bud?
1: Yeah, uh, not, not greatness uh, from the Jets here today, no doubt. Um, I didn't hear most of the soliloquy, but uh, I can envision how it went. I don't love a lot of what I saw. There was a lot of sloppy play from the Jets uh, in terms of that structure. Uh, the way that we've been used to seeing the Jets I don't think they were uh, very savvy with the puck their puck management wasn't very good Uh, I didn't like the flow of the game now uh, you know Ottawa had something to do with that yes uh, there were much more diligent in the defensive zone and I you know just on the way up I heard part of their post game talk call-in show and you know this was one of their better efforts, but yeah, okay. I, I didn't like how the Jets played personally, Sean. I, I thought they were sloppy, I thought they were I, I wouldn't say disinterested because we know that that's not the case. I don't think that they took the Senators lightly, I just don't find them to be very sharp. I didn't find them to be very sharp tonight. Uh, I thought that their decision making was off, uh, I thought the power play was not good at all. Uh, one of the you know, one of the four power plays, the movement was okay. Uh, but for the most part, uh, this will be one this will be one, Sean, where you know there, would, there there'll be plenty to go through on the video, uh, is how I would put it. Uh, I don't think it was necessarily a lack of effort. I just didn't uh, I just didn't find them to be very sharp. I thought Sean, I, quite frankly, in the first, <laughs> I would have liked to have had time to go back and, and count up the um, passes completed, Sean. Right, I mean, there weren't a ton of passes completed oh, yeah. by by either team, and that's you know generally not a great scenario for for anyone. Um, yeah, I mean, the Jets are going to have to be a lot. Like, if the Jets want to beat the Boston Bruins on uh, Monday night, they're going to have to raise their level considerably. Is what is, is how I would uh, it's how I would put it. I mean, I'm not here to be bashing the Jets, uh, but. Uh, you know, and you understand to a degree that when an opponent, you know, the Jets are going to get their opponent's best on a regular basis, we know that and today the Ottawa Senators' best was very good, uh, Jonas Corpusalo is a guy who has given the Jets a lot of difficulty in the past Sean, I think he was 4-1 and one against them going into the game today uh, and he made some big saves, but the Jets didn't make life nearly as difficult as it needed to be on uh, Jonas Corpusalo and uh, overall they just did not have a lot of continuity or flow out there i don't think and that that to me yeah it's not it would not be would not fall under concerning but we also you know sean rick bonus was very frank with us at, at the start of the year what will you do differently when you identify the trends you will act on the trends and right now the trends are the jets have not been at their best in the last stretch of time found a way to win the majority of those games lost one of them to the flyers but overall um yeah and this is a great point by aaron Uh, i
0: this to me is the point for the winnipeg jets ken's going to take it on
1: right and this is why we're not going to spend the next hour crushing the jets Uh, no team needs to be playing their best in january but they need to avoid falling into patterns that cause lasting problems and to me i'm with you sean i mean aaron that's a that's that's bang on and for me Uh, the jets know this and they've worked through it and i that's why i don't see a regression uh the way that we saw last year um and uh, you know you give them they've they've earned the benefit of the doubt to this point but they also know that they're going to have to elevate their game substantially and hey you don't need to elevate in game 43 and 44 you do need to elevate in games 62 to 82 and then beyond so what i would say you know in terms of what i liked about the jets game i liked what connor hellebuck did in the game Uh, a lot of a lot of quality saves that again looked he makes quality saves look routine um but at the same time you know I just didn't find... There just wasn't a whole lot going on. I mean, uh, this was the first time in a long time that we didn't, you know, see a good game from Gabriel Velarde, Sean. I mean, he's been great for the yeah, Jets. He was and very quiet. There were a couple of nice moves where I, I thought he used excellent body position down low. Um, but he wasn't dangerous. Uh, I mean, up until his last rush... Uh, Nikolai Ehlers wasn't particularly dangerous, though he did make an exceptional pass to Vladislav Nemesnikov down low for that great chance and uh, then was unable to bury his the rebound that was laying there. Um, you know, that third line, uh, Niederreiter, looked a bit out of sorts to me. Um, fourth line was going. Um, Defence core, I thought, for the most part, was okay, but... Um, yeah, I mean I, Josh Morrissey was not at his best, and I'm not here to crush Josh Morrissey. He's been playing at an exceptional level, but unfortunately for him, on a day in a hockey day in Canada where a, a ton of people are tuning in, uh, he wasn't his dominant self. is is how I would is how I would describe it. And again, Josh Morrissey's B game is better than a lot of people's A game, but he didn't have his A game today. Um, Dylan Samberg, I loved his game, Sean. Uh, I thought he was steady again. Really smart play to spark the three-on-one rush, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah, you, you have to share. I mean, Beer League is, has made you laugh nicely here, but you got to share. Be- Otherwise, says, it's an inside
0: joke for us. Be- Beer League says time to break it all down and be sellers at the trade deadline. Listen, I know. Hey, I see Tissue is in here, you know, cranking up the excuse machine. He's got it going on here. <laughs> um, I know there's a certain amount of people here who want us to just say every time the Jets win that it was a Picasso, and every time they lose right. that they'll get them next time. Um, that's not the show. That's not what we do here. No, around. it is we break it down, and we look for sustainable trends. And to me, a sustainable trend is not going against a team that is one of the most struggling teams in the East, getting out shot, probably getting out chance in a number of areas, it's getting your lone goal off yep. a play that would never happen against the vast majority of the teams in this league. Like I said, it's peewee hockey when you're flipping a puck over everybody and it's landing down and it's a three-on-one going the other way. That is a massive breakdown. That's not sustainable. That does not... Play out over and over and over again What well, we're looking for sustainable trends we found sustainable trends within the Winnipeg Jets game at the beginning of the year when they were losing that we thought would turn to wins we think that happened to me if they continue at this rate playing that they are they are going to be establishing consistent trends that eventually lead to losing uh Ken before you go too far I just want to do something quick here our audience uh did something really great for uh, myself and my daughter who is supposed to be hanging outside the door here. I hope I've fixed my audio. Uh, Charlie.
1: Um. It's sounding a little um, bit better, but you got to the mic is too low. I think you got to yeah. have a proper up. A I, I had
0: to when I did the test for the show uh, on Monday. I had turned the audio down. Oh, I got I'm you. I'm just going to bring in my daughter Charlie Reynolds here, who um, went in uh, and I asked uh, if some people in the chat room would like to buy some frozen pizzas to try and get her on her band trip to Edmonton. I'm very proud to say this little gal ran out in the snow and in the cold (laughs) and uh, grinded it out and went out and sold a school-leading 105 frozen pizzas and a big part of that was a contribution from the always generous Kenny and Rennie audience so she would like to say
1: thank you so
0: much to everyone who helped and also a shout out to my sister who came with me thank you Jason Listen, you you help bring two sisters who never get along together. People, great job on your part. Thank you so much, kiddo. I appreciate that. Way to
1: go. Thank you very much. First
0: appearance. Good on the job, Canyon Charlie. Show. Yes, well Show. done. But uh, avid job.
1: supporter and watcher, I must say. There and, you go. Uh, sorry, yeah, I got yeah. a. I can't.
0: Social media for us as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's right. Sorry, uh, our good friend Maul is uh, is is getting the pristine wake up call here. Uh, okay. Sorry, Maul. Saying Josh Morrissey had a ter- had a bad game is a terrible take. I-, I didn't say he had a bad game ever. At no point. Is at no point is 27 minutes a bad game and 35 seconds. 30 shifts for Josh Morrissey. He had one shot, two attempts, one hit. Uh, his effort you know, was fine, but it- he didn't have an exceptional game, which we've been talking about it a long time. Josh Morrissey has been great this year. He's been one of the Jets' best players. I just didn't think he was particularly sharp today. So that's not even close to saying he had a bad game. Uh, But I did think he was a little bit... He didn't have his A game, is what I said. That had nothing to do with bad.
0: Yeah, Maul, Maul I think, was kind of uh, trying to... And he may have been. Maul is of the big opinion that you and I are uh, all all sunshine roses and unicorns on Josh Morrissey, uh, and that's okay. Josh Mall says uh, Josh Mall says jo- or sorry Maul says Josh is our god, um, and uh, hey and for that uh, we, we for break that? no <laughs> yeah, do and it. for that he All has right.
1: earned the pristine wake up call. It's perfect. Well,
0: there you go, and that no, means pr- no problem. Time to give North and Rick the pristine wake up call at 1204-981-6289 The first time you would be giving him the pristine re- roofing call in not an ungodly hour. So, uh hey, fire away. He's the guy you want down at your house if you have any roofing, siding, exterior issues that you need to have looked at. I know it's cold i know you're not thinking about getting that roof done but this is the time of year to get on the list you can do that by giving north End rick the wake-up call or calling christine roofing at 1204-237-7663 okay ken i want you to go into connor hellebuck on this night because i've got something very interesting that i've uncovered that i oh, want to share okay. well, with kenny and rennie audience.
1: oh you should, I, maybe you should start if you have something so right I, I
0: want you to start i want you to start
1: yeah i mean I, I liked a lot about hellebuck today uh, i thought he was very sharp uh, i thought his ability to move the puck today was it was exceptional because as i mentioned i mean i i didn't think the jets were moving as well again uh sean we know that rick bonus gave the jets essentially two days off yes some of them i think 10 of them showed up at the rink uh, on the second day to have a skills session because they kind of got bored or whatever the case may be um but uh, I didn't think they were getting getting back on their retrievals sort of the way that we do. Uh, we see them do for the most part. But, you know, again, was there one mishandle or a half mishandle, if you want to even call it that? Sure. But uh, I thought he did an excellent job uh, in terms of moving the puck around and distributing and getting the puck to his defensemen. Uh, in terms of the saves that he made, I thought that the, the Senators, Sean, got to the net fairly well, uh, led by number 7. Um, I thought they generated quite a few shots and you know Connor Hellebuck just was just rock solid again Uh, I thought the high danger chances were a little higher than the Jets would like Uh, but there was Hellebuck again to you know it wasn't constant bailout it wasn't an absolute barrage uh, but for a team that you know has struggled a lot uh, they played hard and they generated you know 30 35 shots on goal so Uh, I thought Hellebuck was was excellent, uh, really doing a nice job of positionally sound. Not a ton of second-chance opportunities, and that's twofold. He doesn't give up many rebounds, and the Jets did a good job of making sure those rebounds didn't become dangerous. Um, Yeah, so overall, you know, classic Hellebuck game. But he was a little busier than he was earlier on in the year, and I don't think he minded because he's a guy who, you know, likes a heavy workload as long as he knows where the shots are coming from and that's something that we will continue to give the jets credit for they're not giving up a lot of backdoor taps right now where Hellbuck has to go post to post and make a ridiculous save or stick out his his paddle or whatever else but he has been tested um a, a, a fair amount during this last stretch of time here
0: <laughs> sorry uh all right, I, I guess I should just share it. Josh Mall, Josh Mall, Mall has uh, messages me quite a bit. Um and loves to loves to dig into a theme and just continue down that road. It's one of his charms, to be honest with you. Um and so he Josh Maul said, Did Dylan Sandberg refuse to buy any pizzas? Why don't you love Sean? Uh hey, I'm I give my analysis the way it goes. You can determine from my analysis where that lands. I wanted to pick up on the point that you made uh about the team and what they're doing. I thought it was interesting tonight and I touched on it again. Yeah. Um about about uh Carolyn Cameron had talked about uh uh, Connor Hellebug, because as you know, Connor Hellebug is making waves across the NHL. People mm-hmm. are talking about him. Um, so she talked about that when she broached the, the question to um, Rick Bonus, and a lot of it had to do with the three goals or less kind of streak. Um, he had made sure in his answer to give flowers to the Winnipeg Jets and how they're handling this rick bonus had talked about trying to make connor helbuck's job easier for him this year so that he's fresh for the playoffs now is he doing that if you want to ask that question is he doing that well i'll tell you right now uh oh geez uh, i gotta plug this in before uh I <laughs> um, boy, technical difficulties abound um but uh, Connor Hellebuck, uh, if, if, it's a, if it's about minutes played, they're not doing it in that case because right now Connor Hellebuck is third in the NHL with the most minutes played of any goaltender in the NHL. So that's happening a lot, right? He's playing a lot of minutes, that's what's going on. Um, that's the case. Now, what Rick Bonus has said In the situation, uh, is that well, what they're doing is they're actually trying to create it so in game, despite the fact that he's working, it doesn't necessarily mean that he's working as hard in game. What does that look like? Well, a lot of the stats will tell you that he's facing near the same amount, and I'm just going to keep talking while I plug this in here, he's facing near the same amount of high danger chances and all those kind of things. There's a lot of people who who will tell you out there that what. It looks like right now for Connor Hellebuck is not that much different than what it's looked like over the last number of years. Okay. Um, that's not what I see. And and I realize that's the eye test. I realize the eye test could be biased. So I tried to dig into these numbers. Yep. One of the things that I did go into in this because one of the things that he leads in is goals saved above expected. A lot of that has to do with where shots are taken from, high danger chances, all these kind of things. And what I realized was, and um, I think we saw a perfect example of it today, there was a pass redirect from the from the slot that uh, uh, I can't remember which Ottawa player did. I believe it was Tarasenko, but he redirects it. It comes off the stick and it dribbles towards the net and Connor Hellebuck grabs it with no problem because his defense have the front cleared out and there's no danger of anyone whacking at it. That's a shot, and it's a shot from the slot. So what that is going to look like on a heat map is wow. They got a shot right there and he saved that. There was never any danger of that shot going into the net, right? But a heat map and I talked with a, a, a number of analytics folks over this to, digging into this, where the shot comes from is, is given a, a grade and a score and that's gonna tell you how dangerous the shot was. It doesn't tell you if that guy got the puck and there's no one around him and he's got all day to to beat the goaltender or whether he gets it and all he can get off is kind of a half-assed shot because he's being pressed by the defense. I contend that the Winnipeg Jets do a good job of even if they are giving up shots in front of the net um that that they're they're pressing and taking time away which reduces the quality of the shots that come from that area now there's going to be some people who work on models that are going to be a little bit different i don't know who those people are but a lot of the people that i talk to a shot where it is taken from is assigned a grade and that tells us something it doesn't tell us necessarily how much time that person had a lot of things that make up the quality of that shot but it tells us where that shot came from but if we want to go, Ken, and I want you to pay attention to this because I want you to give me your best guess. I thought, okay, let's take a look at this because there's been a couple broadcasts where we never played it, but we threw together a, a, a video of the number of shots that Connor Helbeck faces in a game that are shots that are floated in from distance beyond the blue line along the boards, shots with no one in front of the net, the kind of shots that a goaltender just kind of gloves and throws down or redirects. I contend that the Winnipeg, or I had thought the Winnipeg Jets do that a lot. So I had the numbers crunch, and I wanted to see where Connor Hellebuck ranks in the NHL in the shots that he faces and the average distance of those shots. So if you are first in the NHL, it means your team is giving up shots closer than any other goaltender in the NHL. Connor Hellebuck has played the third most minutes in the NHL. Where do you think Connor Hellebuck ranks in the NHL as far as the average distance of shot?
1: Well, it's that probably high, or else you wouldn't be mentioning it. But I wouldn't be high. able to mention a guess. You have a guess. Uh, top five?
0: No, 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 no. Uh, it, it's reverse. Like if, if you're you're first on that list, it means your team is constantly giving away shots right in front of them.
1: Oh, so it'd be
0: high then. High, high number. Yeah, high number. If your team is really good, it means that that it means that your team is forcing the other team to shoot from distance more often than than not
1: sorry just tell me the answer i'm i don't know the
0: answer is connor hellebuck the average shot that connor hellebuck face has faced so far this season is let me grab it here it's 37 feet okay that's 68 in the nhl so there's 32 teams in the nhl and uh of the goalies on the list 67 other goaltenders in the NHL face shots that are closer and therefore by the numbers suggest more dangerous than Connor Hellebuck. This is not to take away from Connor Hellebuck. I contend again Connor Hellebuck has changed his game to fit perfectly within this system. This is a measure to hammer home the point that I've been trying to hammer home for a long time. If you are not giving the Winnipeg Jets as a team and their structure absolute flowers For what they are doing as far as getting shots from the outside, the average shot that Connor Hellebuck faces is thirty-seven feet. That's sixty-eighth in the NHL. Sixty-seven other goaltenders face closer shots on average than Connor Hellebuck does. That is that says a lot about the Winnipeg Jets defense.
1: Sure, but Hellebuck still leads the NHL in goals saved above expected, according to my Puck, with twenty point five.
0: So again, tonight that the, the the redirect in front of the net uh, by uh, uh, I think it was Tarasenko that dribbles towards the net will be logged as a high danger shot from the slot.
1: But it won't be a goal saved. I mean, I, I again, I don't know the model, and maybe some people need to tell the, me more. The, the about mo- it.
0: the model is that the closer you are to the net, the more dangerous the shot
1: weather the shots
0: fast whether you barely got it off, whether it's a flip shot, whether it was barely going to cross the well, line. Well, again, this is part, part of the, the problem. On,
1: like, Not all shots are created equal. So, I mean, that's why a lot of the, the stats that we're referencing, they're okay, still... Okay, okay.
0: But, but if if goals saved above expe- expected is based on how close chances are towards the net, then you have to also live by the idea that the average shot being further out means that the goal... T- you can't have it both ways. It's one or the other. If oh. goals saved above expected is... is based on the idea that more dangerous shots come from in close, then you have to say if the average goaltender has two leagues worth of goaltenders facing shots that are closer in tight, it means that your team is doing a damn good job of keeping shots to the outside and making sure that the stuff that you face is not crazy danger.
1: Yeah, I mean, there will be lots of nights where that is one hundred percent the case. So yeah, I, I'm okay. And, and I'm listen, okay Joe Phoenix but... says
0: Helly is still the best goalie in the NHL. I feel like I don't know why this is such a hard argument to make, and why it feels like when you, I give credit to the Winnipeg Jets as a team, that somehow it's an effort to cut, to tear down Connor Halliburton. I will say this again, like I've said it a hundred times already. Connor Halliburton has become the perfect goaltender for this system. He is Marty Brodeur behind the uh, late 90s, early 2000s uh, um, New Jersey Devils. That is a, that is an all-time goaltender I'm talking about. I am giving him the comparison to one of the greatest goaltenders that this game has ever seen. What I don't like is the idea that people are, are, are not giving credit to the Jets for what they're doing. The average shot that he faces is 37 feet out. That's a, that is way out there. Give credit to the Winnipeg Jets defense; they are doing a phenomenal job of making sure that the shots that that Connor Hellebuck faces are, on average, further out than the vast majority of goaltenders in the NHL. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, sure. Yeah, I mean, I I, I do agree. The Jets. I, I don't think the Jets are quite at the New Jersey Devils, and I know it's just a comparison. I, I think that they've got some some room to grow if they want to become the New Jersey Devils in terms of. Um, chances the surrender, but they've gotten so much better, and that and that's that's obvious. It's their foundation. They're, the foundation. You need to have quality. It's chicken and egg. You need to have quality goaltending to go 34 in a row of three or fewer, and 14 in a row of two or fewer. But you also need good goaltending. And I mean, there's been lots of nights when when Hellbuck has been exceptional. But um, yeah, and then there's some nights where he's been able to kick his feet up in the rocking chair. I mean, that's that's part of the deal. Um. so but I mean I, I, I still think that Hellebuck has been fabulous I mean you're not saying he isn't I get it I,
0: I, I, I get like that's that's the thing is it's funny you can still see it here someone someone saying like uh, me talking about this being a hill to die on listen I'm, try, I'm trying to get across something that's happening here. What's well, context? L- Lowry was saying it. His coach is saying it. The team is saying it. If you want to ignore the idea that the Winnipeg Jets are a phenomenally suffocating defensive team, and go with the with. with like, whatever storyline you want, and suggest that Connor Hallebuck is the only thing keeping this together, then do so. I'm not trying to take away from Connor Hallebuck. I'm trying to make sure the Winnipeg Jets get the credit that they are due. The defensemen, the forwards, the system need to get the credit they're due. I think that is a stat that absolutely hammers that home. Anyways, we should move on. Uh, what do you take away from the power play on this game, Ken?
1: Yeah, not very good. Um, not very good movement. The they've been in sort of in the one thing that even on the days where they stay at the perimeter and and pass too much and become stationary um we know that the jets have done a good job of getting to the net still and i didn't think that their timing was great on that front um i mean there was some movement on the you know rick bonus was talking about the last power play in the second period how he really liked it and you know sure there was more movement there but right now sean the the Power play is not um, a. It's not a deterrent, and B, it's not something that the opposition fears, and that's something that if when you are a top team, like just think of how we talk about Edmonton, Sean. Like, and last year when they were almost at forty percent or whatever they finished at, like teams you, you can't you think you can't take a penalty against those teams. It sort of changes the way that your mentality is uh, for a puck pursuit team and an aggressive team uh it's not a mentality you have like right now teams aren't scared of the jets power play uh and, and that would be and again it doesn't have to be a massive concern and we've said this before the jets need to get at least one of their two special teams going uh in order to bolster their status as a you know an absolute contender so today their penalty kill very good four for four but i mean there's still some cracks in it uh they still were giving up you know quite a few quality chances at times but the penalty kill is improving uh rick has gone to basically a five player rotation he's got alexia follow heavily involved in the penalty kill which is something he they, they didn't use for i want to say 30 plus games uh, because he was on the power play and playing a ton of minutes now that he's on the fourth line Rick Bonus doesn't mind getting Alexiya follow some extra time on the penalty kill uh, because he's not playing 18 minutes. So I think that's that A is is a help. Uh, you know, and then the second pair has been Nemesnikov and Appleton and then Baron rotates in or or whatever rotation of that five. Um, But the power play is not good enough right now. I think there's no, to me, there's just, there's no way around it. And and we also need to remember, and this is not under the excuse department, but Kyle Connor and Gabriel Velarde are starting to get to know what they like to do on the power play. They, They haven't had a lot of overlap this year, Sean, you know velarde injured early then when connor was injured then velarde seemed to find his way and this isn't just about two players it's just saying that two really good weapons are still trying to get used to knowing one another and what their tendencies are and where they can create lanes uh there were a couple of good looks kyle connor got a nice looking one-timer that was a nice nice example of puck movement uh but The Jets need to generate more shooting options and shooting lanes, and that is going to be an area that they need to maybe, you know, get better at for sure. Um, You know, special teams are... Special team For a team that has very few concerns, special teams remain a mild concern because, you know, the power play is in the middle, just past the middle of the pack, and the penalty kill is still in the bottom third. So... Of course, they can improve in those areas, but you can. A good team is always going to look to improve in all areas. But no, I didn't particularly. Now, two of those, one of those power plays was cut short by five seconds, another by twenty-six. But the fact that the Jets had to take penalties during a power play—that's also a concern because you shouldn't be taking. You should have control of the puck, and you should be generating scoring chances, not getting in a position where you're hooking or or holding or whatever else happens. So. Those are things that need to be better.
0: Um, Yeah, I I I, I like I like their penalty kill on the night here. We're going back to uh, if we're going back to special teams. Um, Power play looks a little bit discombobulated to me. Um, uh, You know what? At at this stage, uh, you know everyone can say this. Everyone who's got a theory on how the Winnipeg Jets are doing what they're doing uh, is a person sitting on their couch having a. nhl coaches who are doing this i've got a theory on why things are a little bit tricky when it comes to them trying to you know it it looks to me like this team goes out and plays a grind game at five on five which is their strength right five on five best team in the league at five on five so what makes them successful at five on five is this incessant grind get the puck to the net Turn in front of the net. Get it to the point. Don't take these high danger shots. Just get it to the front of the net. Let's make something happen. Churning in front of the net net. Work the boards. Uh, That's not what the power play is. The power play is an effort to go out and, and, you know, be ballet and find that lane and open things up. And it's a little bit more snake charmer, right? A lot of the teams that do it really well. And I wonder if what's happening with the Winnipeg Jets is that the power play and that kind of mindset is a departure from what this team does for the vast majority of the game and what they have come to do really well. And I wonder if just the idea of, and now I know, It would look terrible analytically if you were just basically over and over again trying to get the puck to the point trying to throw it to the front of the net trying to bang and crash it in and the opposition when it doesn't work get the puck they get a chance to clear it down the ice and there you go so the mindset of a power play is don't do that because then you spend all your time trying to break back into the zone and then if the team gives you a zone denial well there you go now it's gone from 15 seconds of wasted power play time to 30 seconds of power play time people a lot smarter than me are crunching the numbers on this kind of stuff and saying maybe that would be a bad idea I just wonder if at this stage it isn't time for the Jets to kind of adopt the same mentality that they have on five on five on the power play and just say forget about it let's just get it to the front of the net and try and crash this in jam it in do what we got to do in this situation here because the finesse thing hasn't been working now maybe there's a time they can figure this out they've got the personnel to do it mark slightly coming back is probably going to be better at it but i think what we've seen when we've had the second line power play essentially being the more successful of the two power plays for a while is there the they're the line that goes and does that. Vladimir is not trying to convince you that he's Steve Stamkos or Nikita Kucherov or Braden Point, And neither has Lowry when he's been out there having success. And neither has Niederreiter when he's been out there having success. These guys are doing what is their bread and butter get the puck to the front of the net. Try and make a pass across. Try and capitalize on the chaos created. See if you can't get that puck into the back of the net. To me, that's what's been working on the Winnipeg Jets power play. And I would suggest, even just if you just trying to design a power play that more resembled what you see from this team on five on five, five on five would do this team well. Ken, I need you to give a uh, sweet Lou a shout out.
1: Sure. For folks who are in the market for realty needs, they would like to have met. Uh, please call our good friend Lou Ferlin at Royal Page Dynamic Realty 204-791-9971 or at the office 204-989-5000 his email is lou at loufurlan.ca that's l-o-u at l-o-u-f-u-r-l-a-n.ca Lou Furlan excellent realtor excellent human being and excellent supporter of the community including this podcast
0: uh, I think that we should give a shout-out uh, to Nick Ehlers, and maybe we'll get into that. Uh, but I'd like to just say the, the payoff that happened there. I know Greg uh, Millen was on the program, and they were talking about Lowry going out first in that overtime. Uh, clearly, a big part of that is him winning Face that off. draw. Uh, but, I mean, I think he's earned the right to stay on the ice in this situation as well. It Was was it the, um, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning he scored? The Overtime Winner, again, right. if I do uh, remember that correctly, but I thought the idea of what they did uh, and kind of exhausted uh, with puck possession, uh, a lot of what what the best players that we were seeing on the other side of the ice, the, the Kachuks and the Stutzlas and yep. the Shabbat and all those players... And I thought it was a sneaky little thing to get uh, uh, Nikolai Ehlers out there at that stage and just basically say, let's tire everybody out a little bit, then let's send out the guy who just absolutely flies. Uh, I think it paid off. And hey, if you're looking to pay off high interest credit cards or debt, we suggest you go talk to our friends at Cambrian Credit Union about their payoff loan. They can show you how taking out a loan to pay off your debt actually gets you debt free faster and you can save thousands of dollars. Go to Cambrian.mb.ca to book an appointment online. Now, Ken, I I know that I've heard a lot of people's feelings uh, by suggesting the Jets are a good defensive team uh, and their goaltender isn't bailing them out every single night. I know people think I'm the fun police, so uh, and I know I was the fun police last game, and I was thinking about this. We are in the entertainment business, Ken, and I poo-pooed all the, um, all the potential trade options, right? So I've got a doozy <laughs> for you. I'm not going to take credit for it. But my buddy, Ryan Butterfield, Butter, who played pro over... It's in okay.
1: German, you're in a bad mood, Sean. Options. It's okay. Okay. I just yeah. dismissed that as you being in a bad mood with no sleep. It's okay.
0: There, well, and it may have been that. I was most definitely <laughs> So I'm trying to bring some fun to this one. How about this one, Ken? And it's an interesting one because as we heard today, Patrick Waugh goes to the uh, New York Islanders as Lane Lambert is out. They're trying to save their season. It's a little bit of a desperate play, I think, in that situation. Um, I wonder about this team, what they're going to learn about themselves in the next number of weeks and where they're going to end up. You've got about six, seven weeks, seven to eight weeks before we get to this stage. Maybe they fall it. I don't know what they look like, but my buddy Ryan Butterfield with this pitch, I think it's a doozy. Could you imagine if the New York Islanders decide that they're going to sell and that maybe being in the mushy middle the way they are, they're in a position where it's a little bit of a teardown and do well. Listen to this. Imagine trading McGroerty and Barlow and maybe even Hainala and a first, essentially sending like your future out the door in return for Matt Barzell, who does not have trade protection right now and would be locked down for the next <laughs> seven years, fitting perfectly the Winnipeg Jets window alongside Connor Hellebuck and Mark Scheifele, and also getting defenseman Ryan Pollock, who has another six years and is from Manitoba. So you go out and you get the second-line center you're looking for. Matt Barzell, who I think if you got him on this team, it would be a toss-up every year who leads this team in scoring. Is it Matt Barzell? Is it Kyle Connor? Is it Mark Shifley? Um, and getting Ryan Pollock, who to this point until last year looked like he and Josh Morrissey were essentially similar players, although a little bit bigger, probably a little bit of grit. So you add size, grit, and another essentially 1A defenseman. So now you've got two 1A defensemen, and you've got Matt Barzell as your second-line center, and now you've got Matt Barzell playing alongside Kyle Conner. I think you get those two together. Matt Barzell, who came into the league, as a 20 year old point per game player, but went to school, the hockey school of Barry Trotz to bring in that of defensive acumen. He can play the Jets system because he's defensively sound, but I think the Jets bring out an offensive element that we haven't seen in his career yet. I think Kyle Connor hits 60 goals on a line with him. I think Barzell hits a hundred points on a line with him. I think you never see Mark Shifley and Kyle Connor on a line again, because you basically pair those two together and Mark does what he's done with everybody so far this year and elevates their game. You don't need to worry about your center situation for years to come. It's worth clearing out the cupboards, Ken, because you solve all the problems and you create the window which we know Chevy loves doing because he created that window from 2018 to 2024. The window is set. You are set down the middle. You've got two 1A defensemen. You are locked up and everything you do from that point on is tinkering. I think that is a doozy of a deal
1: it's <laughs> oh it's certainly a doozy I just don't know that the the islanders are ready to uh, rebuild if it's, you will but
0: it's the same thing as Crosby this is definitely one sure, of sure but yeah yeah imagine, yeah. imagine you were the, the islanders and you were saying this doesn't work we've been in the mushy middle we're not going anywhere and you get the opportunity to get Magrory and Barlow and a number of these guys and you take your own farm system And you add someone else's farm system, essentially, a a highly ranked farm system. And you basically take that and you think five years from now, this team's going to be an interesting spot. Where are the where are the Islanders five years from now if they keep those two players? What happens in these next five years and where is that organization five years from now if they do make that deal and supplement their own farm system with that farm system?
1: Sure. I'm just saying here, my, my, my issue with that is that the if the Islanders were in this situation where the Wild were, I, I think we'd be having a different conversation. I mean, they're, yes, they had a big win on Friday, and, uh, you know, they were now, what, they're seven points out or whatever it is. But, I mean, the Islanders are three points out of the playoffs right now. So I don't know that. But I, I would say this, Sean, and you know this from kind of being around them. I mean, Barzell is kind of. Even though I think the Islanders are playing a more offensive brand of hockey, uh, Barzell has not hit his peak potential in terms of producing offense. Now, this is what I would say. Now, we know this is very fresh. But to me, I think Lou Lamarillo is hiring Patrick Waugh to try and help Matt Barzell become Nathan McKinnon. Right in terms of becoming an explosive offensive player, rather than have him on the move. Ryan Pollock, Brandon, you know, Grandview guy, uh, former Wheat Kings captain, high character, massive shot from the point. Um, you know, he's not nearly as offensive as a Josh Morrissey, but uh, you know, he's a guy who's learned the trade. He's good defensively. Um, you know, those would be two excellent additions. So, yeah, I just, you know, the money would be a cha- challenge to make work. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, they would be players of interest for sure um, in terms of the Jets. But, I mean, I appreciate the creativity by, uh, by, by, by our friend Butter. I but did. I, I mean, also just talked, think that... we talked
0: about it and fleshed it out.
1: But, uh, it's just the problem is that, that Cole Perfetti, it, right now that could make sense. But, like, Cole Perfetti is going to need a new deal coming up here. And unless he's taking a bridge, it's hard to, to fit Barzell's money in that, you know, one, two down the middle combination platter but I think I think Barzell's
0: money is worth fitting I think Barzell, oh I'm not, to, to not. Point, I'm not saying it's not I'm not saying it's not to your point Barzell has the potential to like I said I, if that happened don't be surprised if Barzell goes out and leads this team in scoring the next three or four years I mean, he's Kyle Connor's age. He was taken one spot before him in the draft. Was he not? Ken, 2015 draft. I think he goes 16, and I think Kyle Connor goes 17. Thomas Shabbat, 18. I think is the it's pretty good uh, window there. Yeah. A- anyway, listen. This is one of those like what if trade deals, right? I and and this is again. <laughs> I guess is probably why I don't go down this road because then people start losing their mind. They get all mad and they're like, oh, like it's about to happen. I'm not saying I just got off the phone with Lou Lamorell when this is in the works, people. I'm trying to play the fun game that you called me the fun police when I didn't play it last time. And now you're getting all mad at me because I'm playing the game. Who's the fun police now, people? This is what Rennie does. He does a 360 on you. Now you're the fun police. Smart enough. Have a good time out there, people. (laughs) Anyway, Ken, we got to get to some business here. Your Johnson Group got you covered. Play of the game. What do you got?
1: Oh man! I had it now i 've lost it. I sent it to you on a text message um... i 'll go with mine i
0: 'll go with mine on one of the power plays the yeah. uh, um, the uh, sorry, one of the penalty kills the Ottawa senators have the puck on the point and they 're passing back and forth from D to d and they go kind of crazy on doing it, trying to open up a passing lane and they do it and and it 's great puck movement and they 're looking good doing it and the whole time Vladimir mesnikov is not falling for any of it and when they finally shoot. Uh, he's right there. Vladimir Meskov blocks the shot, handles the puck gets it down the ice. To me, that uh, someone had made a suggestion in here that the Jets, uh, that whole thing that I was talking about, the shots from distance, is that the Jets are a bad team at letting unblocked shots from the point. Jeez, that is the pristine roofing wake-up call of the day. The Winnipeg Jets are one of the best teams in the league at shutting down shooting lanes. Give your head a shake in that situation. Take that weak-ass stuff out of here. That's, that's the kind of lobbed-up basketball that gets thrown to the rafters in a rejection if you're going to bring that kind of stuff in here know what you're talking about before you bring that stuff in here
1: what do you got ken sorry i i love the you, you actually texted it to me uh i loved the, what on that one penalty kill where <laughs> it was back it was fourth it was back it was fourth Vladislav us yeah. just stood there and is like I said that. yeah i just said that. <laughs> perfect so that's why i'm agreeing <laughs> you, with you that's you weren't listening with you.
0: to a word i said ken i was not i was, listening listening with a with a I I was agreeing with you i was agreeing
1: with you you know buddy. what
0: i should have just let you go with it and then i just should have been like ken I think I'm going to switch my choice to yours. You nailed it, buddy. You yeah, nailed it. You
1: nailed it. Anyway. it. You sent it to me. Like I said, I'm giving you credit. Like This is Thank this you. this is this is, is how I felt, Sean. This is how I felt when you wouldn't let me into the show the other day and you were going on about the bad goal Sorokin let in when his skate plate fell off. I texted I you. I sent you a private message. I'm like, stop, stop, listen. stop burying yourself.
0: The Kenny and Rennie chat room gets everything Rennie has. There's no time for him to stop and look at his phone. He gets they get everything Rennie has. Sometimes it
1: takes um, him down a bad road. Not okay. Tremendous. I'd rather tremendous. give it all
0: than uh, half-ass it and then not get enough. Okay. Anyways, that's uh, our Johnson Group. Got tremendous. you covered this way of the game. The Kenny and Rennie OGs. And, hey, do you run a small business in Canada? You need to look to Canada's number one employee benefits plan. Chambers plan to give you a competitive edge. Chambers plan is the sim- Simple, stable, smart choice for over thirty thousand businesses, countrywide. Visit Chamberplan.ca to learn more. On to the TCB lamp later in the game. What do you got, Kenny?
1: Uh, there's, I mean, there's really only one choice here. Um, <laughs> Mason Appleton deserves full credit for getting going consecutive games games with scoring, uh, and it was a beauty. Nice play by Nino Niederreiter. I thought he might Mason actually might go right back to him, but uh, he caught Corpusallo guessing and ripped a shot past him on the three on one. But I'm sorry. Yeah, one-on-one, absolute, uh, absolute beautiful hands, uh, f- to get it underneath the stick of Jacob Chikrin, and then goes uh, skate to stick, and backhand uh, on Corpasalo for the winner with just uh, 40 se- 48 seconds left in overtime. Uh, just an absolute beauty for Nikolai Ehlers' uh, 16th of the season, Sean, and <laughs> it- it's another night where I I did particularly think that there was a great uh, flow with that second line, but then there was you know, a couple, a sequence of Ehlers and Nemesnikov, and in a game where Ehlers didn't really have his best legs at times, he had four shots on goal <laughs> and nine shot attempts in the game. So, I mean... Pretty, pretty good way to be effective, even when you don't have your best. Uh, and his best was on display on the game winner—absolute highlight reel, special. And that's why I'm going with it as my uh, lamplighter.
0: Yeah. T- um, twice this year, he's gone out and just gone out and won the Jets a game in overtime. Um, yeah. I mean, that's the, again, I-, I love the way that that overtime was played. It kind of felt like they saved him. I know he'd been out there before that, but it kind of felt like the Jets played it in a way where they were just going to work it, work it, work it. And it was almost like, you know, for a little bit there, you were there in the ring for a little bit. You know, it was a very controlled OT. The Jets just weren't trying to give up possession. Yep. And then all of a sudden, there was a little bit of a surge, you know, but then it started to calm down and then all all of a sudden, cutting like a hot knife through butter, Nicky Lears comes through there. He's capable of doing that. He's great at doing it. That, to me, is the TCB lamplighter of the game. No doubt about it. What do you got, Ken?
1: Just uh, our friend Jennifer Botterill also had a lamplighter candidate last night in the alumni game uh, out in Victoria as part of the it's cover. Just, uh, yeah. I was texting with Bots in the afternoon, and uh, she said, well she was putting on gear, hockey gear for the first time in a long time and I told her that she would be great and uh, then I saw the highlight when I woke up in the morning and I'm like well there it was there's a, a beautiful forehand backhand deke and uh, skills were on display impressive
0: um, anyways that's uh, our lamplighter of the game uh, we need you to share with us your lighter of the game because if you do you are automatically entered to win a frosty delicious eight pack of lamplighter amber ale brought to you by our friends at Transcanter Brewing Company if you cannot wait for kenny and rennie to gift you your very own eight pack of lamplighter amber ale you need to head on down to transcanter brewing company join them in their tap room where they've got great pizza great food great appies and tons and tons and tons of great beers and because kenny's paying so much attention in this show he just popped it up there One twelve ninety Keniston avenue which is where we are going to be having our next show a live show at one twelve ninety Keniston Avenue it is going to be from what we've seen so far a small room show I know Russ Lowen was talking about that if you want to come there's still tickets we need a push here ladies and gentlemen last I've looked and I haven't looked since we have about 11 tickets we need to sell to sell that show if there's a time for the Kenny and Renia audience to make that push uh, we'd love for you to make it down because we love when we have great offense at TCB and showing them how rabid our audience is so uh, if you can make it down for that show we'd absolutely love to see you there there's kenny's got the uh link to go buy your tickets please go do that there and the lamp lighter i want to announce goes to camo you've won a frosty delicious Eight Pack a lamp lighter amber L, So you need to direct message me at sn sean reynolds and send me your full name and send me uh a um am just thinking here camo is that crystal morgan because Crystal Morgan just came off winning the keg. It just hit me right now. I don't know if that's the case, but if it is, her luck's just popping up these (laughs) days, i got to say. But anyways, you know what to do. Full name send me an email, and I will send you a voucher for a frosty, delicious 8-pack of Lamplighter Amber Ale. Uh, brought to you by our friends at TransCan Brewing Company, the absolute nectar of the gods. Now, before we get into the keg, I just wanted to say this. Um, SK, who pops into this show, lives in Calgary, yeah. uh, had given away tickets to uh, a Jets game. It had originally been February, February 10th. That didn't work for the guy who won t Kona Poly. SK went out and ground and made it work. T-Kone is going to a Jets game. That's awesome for him. I'm glad glad to see it worked out for him he was going to surrender the tickets and instead sk went to work and made it work so that he could get there i'm glad to see that i love the generosity that our community has started to show ken and it continues julie sue who never listens to a word i say early on today. just like me hey buddy just like me (laughs) just like you I sit there and she I also lay out my entire argument for the Jets being a good defensive team and she'll be like I don't understand why you're saying this it's like if you just were to listen to the last 20 minutes you'd understand she never listened to a word I say until she heard fundraiser and frozen pizza and she jumped into action and because she doesn't live here she lives in BC she wanted to buy a couple of frozen pizzas and hand them out to some people in the Kenny and Rennie chat room who can really use it. So she's set it aside. Her and I are going to go through the process of trying to identify someone in the chat room who's going to get it. Uh, We're not doing it yet because we got to figure out a way to do it. But I will just say this. um, Absolutely love the mindset that Julie has to try and make someone's day better. This is what this pay it forward vibe that we've got from the Kenny and Rennie chat room is one of the things I absolutely love about all you. You guys and gals. You are the absolute best. You take care of your own and that's the case when it comes to the Kenny and Rennie chat room. So I really appreciate that. Sometimes you don't know a good take when you see it. <laughs> but you know how to be really great people. And I appreciate that. That's excellent. Moving on to the keg save of the game. What do you got, Kenny? Uh
1: I love the poke check on uh, Brady Kachuk. Uh, fantastic read by Connor Hellebuck. Uh, there were some other you know, more impressive saves. I thought a save on Tim Stutzla Uh, From the slot was a really good one in the second period, but uh, the the poke check was just a great read Uh, on a night where Connor Hellbuck was almost impossible to beat. uh, I thought that that poke check on Brady Kachuk uh, in the third period was uh, absolutely dynamite. And that's why I'm choosing Uh, it for my save of the game.
0: I'm not going to argue with that that's a good one i'll go with that uh and uh that that would be both of our keg saves of the game uh but we want to know what your keg save of the game is why because if you chair that with us you are automatically entered to win a 50 dollars gift certificate to any of the three fine keg locations in the city each location finer than the last uh and that would mean that last week's winner is i don't know See, I, I thought that this was a burner account of yours, Ken. If the account winner is King Kenny sixty six. His favorite player growing up, that was Mario Lemieux. Dude, Kenny, indeed. that's his name. King, that's how highly he thinks of himself. People is King Kenny Easy
1: 66? now, easy Ken now. Trying
0: to funnel some free food his way. I don't know if he takes me. I won't tell anyone if I find out it's him and he did it. I will out him in front of all you people, and we will oh, yell buddy. shame at him. All. I will ring the bell. Of shame, and <laughs> as, you, me should, and jab as me you should, if that's what I needed to do. <laughs> uh, anyway, folks, um, that brings us to King Kenny 66, who needs to direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds if he wants to or she you know uh, wants to uh, claim that $50 gift certificate you know what to do direct message me at SN Sean Reynolds send me your full name and send me an email address and I will have a $50 gift certificate to the keg sent to you usable at any of their three fine locations in the city of Winnipeg each location finer than the last. Uh, Another fun day here. Loved it. Love spending our time here. Uh, Thank you from a dad uh, for my daughter. I really appreciate the people who got a hold of me. Um, We're going to get those pizzas to you when they're ready to go. Uh, Meant a lot to her. And she she went out in some of the cold weather. My two daughters went door to door uh, with direct instructions not to go into people's houses. They got invited in. They wouldn't go. They came back. They said they've never felt their feet that cold before. I said, listen, if the people in the chat room are going to go to bat for you and going to go grind and spend their hard earned money on you. You better get out there and grind to show them that you appreciate it. She did exactly that. I'm, I'm, like I said ferociously proud of her but boy oh boy does it touch a guy with uh, lots of great takes and sometimes some bad takes uh, boy does it melt his heart in this situation so thank you so much you are all the best as are you can. and before we go I do have to say as I always say uh, if you appreciate the conversations happening in this space please please appreciate these uh, sponsors of this show that fight to keep the conversation going in this space for us, that's Vittorio Rossi, Pristine Roofing Sweet Lou Furlan, Cambridge. Credit Union, the Kenny and Rennie OGs uh, in the Johnson Group, the Keg, and of course Transcanner Brewing Company. Thank you to all of them. Ken, you got something to say before we go?
1: Yeah, just a, another awesome uh, show of you know people at the airport, and ran into some some ladies from from around Winnipeg who are big supporters of the show and we appreciate that they were here to, to watch the game today and uh, there were tons of Jets fans here and um, the community was the, the game was kind of good atmosphere sell out here in Ottawa I know they've been uh, getting dumped on a lot so uh, good to see the support uh, both for the show obviously and uh, for the Senators organization here uh, and two, just a fun day loved the show loved uh, being able to connect here as always and should be a fun one Monday gives give Sean some company at uh, TCB we were there for uh, for a fun event a, lot, a couple days ago and uh, it'll be another great event on Monday for you there, there we go. excellent looking forward to seeing you all
0: there we absolutely love connecting with all the folks there uh, see if we can't do a round table like we did that one time you if you were there you know what we did at the end of the show we turned all <laughs> the tables into a nice big uh, nights at the round table uh, and did what Knights at the round table do talk about stuff under the influence of alcohol thinking that we know what we're talking about and just bump it the whole way it's the best way to do this people let's do it all over again can't wait to see you there thanks for joining us have a great night everybody